Look, I don't wanna talk. How you try and press the kid and read it, you was soft. All you know is capping, homie, you don't know the law. Pedal to the metal, you ain't touching me. <laughs> Dude, what do I say, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing of what we're doing right now. All right, boys, welcome to our first ever Let's Assess podcast. We came up with this name uh, whenever we're trying to talk about something or basically just kick around in the garage and and BS back and forth. We'll say, let's go assess. So today it's uh, BC and uh, AJ Stoffel. AJ Stoffel, the homie. And we are going to just be, this podcast is mainly just going to be talking about the things that we do, like in a small town we do um, snowmobiling, hunting, uh, messing around in trucks, just all kinds of different stuff. Uh, and kind of we'll bring on guests throughout the show just to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And so uh, this episode is basically going to be talking about um, how our snowmobile season went. So me and AJ are both big snowmobilers. Um, we will dive into basically what our season was. So I'll let AJ take it first. He'll tell you about his season, and then uh, we'll just dive into some other things and uh, just see how this podcast goes. Yeah, what's up, guys? I just wanted to kind of start a podcast here, and Brent brought up the idea, and that brought us to where we are right now. So thanks to him for the idea, and now uh, I guess let's assess. So And we will. Um, snowmobiling this year. For me, started out, you know, I put down some goals like I do every year of what I want to do. Um, new to the backcountry, like riding scene as of five, four years ago. So not really my primary thing. I used to race snowcross. Um, now that I'm all backcountry is like fast learning curve, you know, with the skills I had on a snowmobile already, that was good. But bringing it all into the backcountry, just a big different learning curve. So started... Uh, doing some guiding up at Thunderstruck Adventures and Steamboat Springs. Um, that went really well. And this year it just wasn't meeting my, my personal goals. So I went more just riding by myself, linked up with Brent a lot more. And uh, that's when we started riding together, shooting some film. Hopefully some more of that stuff will come out later this year. And that's uh, kind of how my winter started was doing some guiding, not working out for my personal goals and then started really pushing myself and getting my technique a little more clean. I feel like. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. We, we've grown up in the same town our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we didn't ride like he loves snowmobiling. I love snowmobiling. We have never rode together until this year, which is kind of weird because we're close to the same age. He's a couple years older than me, but we never got out on the snow. So was, this year it was good to uh, finally get out on the snow. Like you said, we have a lot of content um, that we'll be posting. YouTube, uh, we documented a lot of the YouTube this year. Um, but when it comes to, to him and a couple other guys we went out with this year, we're kind of saving that for the fall. And uh, we'll sprinkle some in this summer, but most of it will be for the fall. So... It's funny, he, he talks about snowcross. His skill set, in my opinion, is very different than my skill set because he has a snowcross background. Absolutely. I think, you know, like after seeing what you do, you ride a lot like differently in the powder. Even just the way you handle the sled, your standing, your technique, everything like that is just so much different than mine. And it really, it, it's good because, you know, I really enjoyed riding with you just 
seeing that different technique and it helped me like push myself to a different area, you know, Oh, I'll try that. You know, not, yeah. Like you said, lived in the same town our whole lives, never really talked honestly until this winter and then started riding together. And it's amazing what, you know, it's hard to find a good friend to ride with or a good buddy. And then you find one and then it's funny how you can see the difference in your styles, your technique, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, it really just helps push you to be better as well just because you know you see it and then you're like oh i'll try that and maybe that'll work for me you know and that's kind of goes along with everybody i rode with ever it seems like you pick up one little thing and then boom that pushes you to that next up envelope it seems. yeah and then you yeah it it's weird because this year for me speaking on my season like my goal obviously was to have fun and then most of my goals have been on the most of them have been on the content side of things um, focusing on like showing what we do. Um, I know I'm not Caleb Kosturki or Chris Brandt, but uh, basically just showing what we do and documenting it in a different way. I feel like a lot of snowmobilers don't document in the way that we do and trying to show you guys like what a, what a day out with the boys looks like. And uh, we're very normal people that just like to have fun. So the thing that one of my riding goals though was to, uh, to get good at jumping and, uh, so I started off and then talking about AJ, AJ and, uh, and the Snowcross guys, big jumps to them are, uh, enormous jumps to, to the normal mountain riders. And, uh, what I feel was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at jumping. I'm learning to jump. And then you go out with these guys and, and they're like shooting at 15 times bigger than you. But like, like we say, like, that's what you have to do to get better. So I started, out the season, like trying to get like bow ties, re-entries, all the stuff like completely dialed. I've been working on that last year, but this year I was able to get really consistent with it, be precise with it where I could pull them in the trees, like tight trees, tight technical terrain. But the thing that I really wanted to get into was jumping snowmobiles. And uh, I've rode the motocross track and I rode the motocross track, not at a high level at all, but basically just trying to get comfortable in the air. And I felt like I got comfortable in the air on a dirt bike and I started to get very comfortable in the air on a snowmobile. And I did a few like cliff drops. So I was like, Oh yeah, these are, these are pretty neat. And we hit a couple jumps that I was like, dang, like I'm going to be Caleb Kosturki in no time. And then we, uh, like, juices are flowing. I'm like, dude, like, I, I think I'm ready to take it to the next level. And uh, I got, I jumped and got in a really bad wreck, and that basically threw my whole goal of jumping completely off for the season because uh, it it makes you second guess yourself when you. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you tank. You you have yourself a wreck and then it takes you, you know, you like make five steps forward and then you come back ten. Like <laughs> yeah. that's exactly yeah. how jumping works. You know, it's something that you gotta progress yourself into and then like you were saying, a comfortable level, you know, like you just get comfortable and it's like a muscle memory thing. You don't even know what you're doing, you just do it, you know. Like you that's that's something that I'm gonna work on. That's on my list for next year, is uh after watching some other people jump, you know, they go through the air and they fly with their nose lower. I uh I've never been a real nose low person. Um, so that's going to be something I got to work on to get my style. He, he's like more of a level guy. I'm yeah. more of like a, like, you know, skis in the air, waving him like I just don't care type guy, which ends <laughs> up bad. So he's definitely way ahead of me. But yeah, the the good guys 
the guys that are crazy skilled, they can make that sled do everything. But it's like we were yeah. talking about that day. I was like, people think, and I thought, like, look, in order to jump a snowmobile, it's all, like, guts. It's all, like, yeah, you want to send it, guy? Like, just hammer the throttle and take off. <laughs> but, that, and that's true for, like, jumps. But when you get, like, hitting big jumps, that's not the case. Like, there's definitely no, yeah. technique. Yeah, there's more technique, I feel like. You know, you end up spending more time building your jump and your, like, your takeoff and your landing is more precise. But you really don't end up hitting them faster. I mean, obviously, every jump's different, but you're more focused on being in control versus, you know, just really balls out fast to hit yeah. something. And that's definitely a, a huge part of that comfortability thing, you know, because when you are that high and going that far, you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're comfortable and to be comfortable in that, there's no comfortable in that situation, really, <laughs> yeah. you know, like no. you're just not going to be, no. but in order to get to the most comfortable level, yeah, you just, it's amazing, you know, having a couple different opinions on it when you're out there for sure. Yeah. And even like just watching these guys build jumps, it's like that, that's like a big deal. When you go out and you're inexperienced, you're like, I'm going to hit this jump and I'm going to go this far. But then you go with someone that actually knows what they're doing and uh, like it, it's completely different. They know where to build the jump. They know what angle the lip needs to be at. And it seems like, well, yeah, no, duh. Like that's common sense. Trust me, if you don't think that that's like an art form in itself, oh, yeah. you've clearly never really jumped a snowmobile. And I'm not talking about jumping four foot in the air. I'm talking about shooting a snowmobile. And, and that's the thing is like the technique, even when they jump, even these big jumps, um, they're not always coming off perfectly. And that's where the technique of like, can you bring the snowmobile back? Yeah. Right. Exactly. If it comes here, do you know how to hit brake and you lean grab, over break, and lean, do all the, yeah. all the motions to get it back. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, like I personally love about snowmobiles is every time you hit that jump, you know, come from the snow cross, you know, versus like motocross or something like that snow changes every time you hit it so it's like you spend an hour building a jump and then you get five good hits on it and then you have to either rebuild it or you know really you know shave it back again or something like that yeah. to where every time you hit it it's changing so you know especially it's important to have that camera roll in the first one because you never know if it's gonna hit again like that it seems like especially with you know if you're just hitting a wind drift or something like that but that's something this winter i personally wanted to you know do better at was getting uh, film and that's where Brent came in and it kind of worked out as a good little you know buddy system for us but um it's amazing that something like I never thought about flying through the air you know nose lower or anything like that to make it look so much better um but this one jump particularly that we did this this season the scale of the jump and how high and how far we were going there's just no way to capture that on the camera I don't feel like no and we did the best we could but it's still just I mean, doesn't capture what that jump truly was. I, I mean, think. it still looked big. It looked big. It looked but, big on camera. But I, it's when I I I saw it, I was in the camera and I and they land and everything, and I press like replay, and I'm like, dang, if it looks that big in the camera, and it like for those of you who go out there and jump or do anything, re-entries, ride steep terrain, anything, you know that everything in the camera looks, especially on snow, it looks way less intense because you yeah. don't have that perception because it's just white snow. Yep. And so, yeah, when they look like they're, you know, on a 50-story building coming down, it in real life, it's insane. Like, our, you know, we're with another buddy, and, like, our jaws, me and his jaws are like, holy cow. Like, 
we thought we were jumping high, and then these guys come out and just boot it and like, oh yeah, that was real fun. I'm like, dude, what the? <laughs> that, what do you mean real fun? Real like, fun. You, yeah, <laughs> almost fun at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And then you get back and you're like, oh my god, dude, I'm gonna be so sore tomorrow. Oh, I'm man. like, oh, that's good to hear because I'm gonna be sore and I went like ten feet in the air. <laughs> I think the next time we go out on a day like that is gonna be like to Advil at the truck before we head out. <laughs> yeah. The next day, my back was wrecked, <laughs> yeah. like absolutely wrecked. That's. That's something, I mean, that was one of my things this year as well. Like, I moved full-time to riding a Polaris. I've always been, not always, but the last few years I've been an Articat guy. And, uh, you know, the Fox Shocks going to the Walker Evans on the Polaris. That was a learning curve with the jumping. I mean, we had them fully cranked, and we were bottoming out everywhere. Like, it didn't matter how big the jump or even just the bumps on the trail. So, for next year, definitely going to be running some stiffer suspension. But aftermarket, yeah, some aftermarket. Yeah. Um, go that way and see if we can make some landings a little bit softer, easier on the body. But you know, adapting to the players, I guiding. speak on speak on what you rode and why, and then adapting to it. Yeah, talk about so, the whole setup. So coming from Snowcross, I I rode for Factory Articat for um, three years, and that you know I just became really brand loyal to them, and. I really never thought I'd ride anything different. And I really liked the Articat. It performed great, super comfortable. The Alpha, I got really comfortable on that. It seemed like I had it under control. And uh, just the whole package, power, shocks, everything, it was amazing, I thought. And then I started guiding up at Thunderstruck and riding a Polaris, and then I was like, eh, that's all right. And then I rode it some more, and then it was like, well, that's actually pretty dang good. And where it started shining to me was in the trees and in the steep and then um, just the predictability. And that predictability not only was in the trees and in the steep, but on the jumps, you know, the takeoffs, the landings, et cetera. It just, if you thought it was going to do something, that's what it did. And that's what brought me over to the player's side was it was just amazing how predictable it was. And I can't talk good enough about that. And that's what I really wanted in the mountains because you're always, you're dodging an obstacle. It doesn't matter like what you're doing. You're just dodging an obstacle the entire time. And I hope that, you know, I want to see every brand push it and be better and better. But with Articat not really releasing everything, it was like time to jump ship, it seemed like. And Polaris was the move, you know. It just really, really showed What do you think me. about the 146 after spending a full year on it? Yeah, so uh, this year I decided to go with the 146. Um Definitely not the year to be on a 146 for sure. Like we had a record year and it was fun. I, w I don't regret it one bit. I really had a great time. Naturally aspirated 850-146. Um, it, it definitely seemed underpowered on most days. It was like, man, I can't get there. But it taught me to be a better rider, you know, with me just not really just being into the mountains. But, you know, I'm still learning a lot and it helped me become a better rider because I had to keep track speed up. I had to move a lot faster. I had to learn how to dodge trees a lot faster to make it places. But it also brought fun back into it to where, like, I had a, a 155 uh, or 154 supercharger, and it was like, oh, you want to go up there? You just go up there. You want to go here? You know, it just went. And that just, it was too easy. So the 146, I loved it. It was a blast. It made me a better rider, I feel like, and I can't wait to be on a 155 again next year. I'll have both. But it definitely was, you know, a learning curve on the 146, and I would do it again, absolutely. Well, I will have 146 in the fleet every year, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the 146 is it's so, like, it's so good at some things, but it's so not, like, a 
do it all sled. Absolutely. And but I mean, you rode it in the worst winter in 40 years. So I yeah. mean, I guess that it'll get around. It got around, you know, and there was never a day that like, I mean, I rode with turbos. I rode with every, you know, possible sled out there. And there was never a day where I was like, man, this isn't fun because I'm on a 146 or I can't even go where these guys are going. You know, like it just maybe took me an extra run every once in a while if I was breaking trail. But if there was ever a track to poach or, I mean, just riding with a group of guys and anything, like I never, ever had a problem one. And for most of the snow days, I feel like, like this year was just a wild winter. And that's why I chose the 146 was, you know, I was guiding and I was doing on the snow 60 days a winter at least. And that, you know, when you're out on the snow that much, there's not good days every day. And yeah. you want to have fun on those bad days. But I mean, even like, even most years in Colorado, I would say what, like 60 to 70% is not good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, for, for someone to say, dude, every day this winter was epic. That's such BS. Like there's, yeah. I, I don't care where you live. I mean, maybe Canada. I, I've never been to Canada, so I can't speak on that. But in Colorado, we have some of the best riding in the world around here. And I mean, this is the, all the stuff you see, the stuff you like Barant's stuff, uh, Ence's stuff, all these dudes stuff. Like a lot of these guys are out of Colorado and uh, they're going to show you the best days, but there's a lot of days that the snow does suck and a 155 turbo is complete overkill. So it's like he's Absolutely. talking about the 146. It, yeah, it serves that purpose. It's on those days. It's the the machine for the job. You know, I mean, if you want to do those reentries, bow ties on those low snow days, there was days even in the springtime where I mean, I could just pop whatever I wanted. And I mean, it's just so little and playful. It's like a little toy. You know, yeah, you yeah. can bunny hop it. You can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you know, it's it's crazy. The thing that I don't like about the one forty six, just when it comes to filming, yeah, is. On those deep days, like, yeah, you're pulling bow ties, but, like, you're not even, like... It, it doesn't literally, look like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just going up and flopping down. It doesn't yeah. even look like you're coming out of the snow. With, like, a 155 boost or a 65 boost, like, it's more dramatic. Like, you can see the back of the track come out of the snow and you can fall way down the hill. Yep. But, yeah. No, and that's, you know, that was the one disappointing thing this winter with as good of a winter as we had was with 146 filming was... Like, it just didn't look like I was doing anything. Like, it's kind of like it's augers the whole way, right? Like, yeah. if you're riding 165, when it comes up and around, like, you're up there. Like, you feel like a skyscraper, I feel yeah. like. And then you're on this 146, and it's like, you just like, woo, around, yeah. you know? It doesn't ever, yeah. like, it, the, the track just digs through the snow. Once it chews, it just, like, pivots on that. And, yeah, it just looks, it doesn't look good. You know, it kind of, I don't know if you'd say it, like, looks like you're cheating, but it's just, like, it doesn't give that pop out for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was on a 146 players. I ran two different sleds. I tried, so I snow checked a Polaris 155 boost and it was late as everyone knows. And so then there was like a bunch of problems with it. And so I went to the local dealership and I had to get a part for a Polaris or something. And for my other players, and I see like a link sitting on the showroom floor and I'm like, dang, like that would be cool. And it'd be cool like to make videos about it and just see like what it's all about. So I had an alpha. We had an alpha that we traded in on the links and got the links just basically to try. Like I've rode the Ski-Doo turbos. So I got the links waiting for my players. Well, once the players came in, it was it came in like a week or two later, which 
kind of defeated the purpose. But uh, I rode that Lynx a lot just trying to get used to it, and it doesn't handle like a Polaris. But what I did was eventually is uh, I put Polaris skis on it, DuraPro makes an adapter, and then I put a um, post forward kit on it. The Brett Ramsey's post, yeah, two inches forward or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the post, it helps. It kind of puts you in a weird position because you're already so far up on the – brp side of things yeah i feel like you know i mean i wrote it that one day i mean very little because i felt like a fish out of water and i mean i used to ride ski up until 2017 that's what i raced and rode with ski do and i was super comfortable with the ski do and i always liked it and then even the race sleds that i rode it was the lay down post and i i really liked it but man after riding this uh, straight up and down post on the mountain sleds i'm just so much more comfortable on that even with the jumping standpoint it threw me off on that links. And then especially like you were saying with, with it pushing you even that two inches further forward, it just did not feel right. Like no, you're way too far forward. Yeah. Like you feel well, like you're way too far forward, but even yeah. when you would jump it, like it flew the way it should, yeah. it just didn't feel like your body was in the right place. Like you look down and you're like, Oh, there's the tip of the ski and yeah. my head's over it. You know? <laughs> yeah. like it just yeah. felt awful. I mean, the, the cool thing about the links is obviously, obviously the suspension. I mean, yeah. And the Skidoo's power down low is is good. But then came the Polaris boost and 55 boost. We I took it to uh well I got it in from Vogue in Kremlin. If you guys don't know them, obviously go check them out. Most of you probably know them. Um and so I talked to Eric and he's like, Well, talking about 146 so what i did is i called him and i'm like look dude i want something that is just stupid like i can wheelie it at any time it's just it doesn't like it's so stupid doesn't even make any sense and he goes all right what are you thinking i'm like i'm thinking like 146 like boost yeah and or like getting a 55 boost chopping the tunnel putting a 46 under it yep and he's like yeah (laughs) and he's like trust me We'll make your 55 so rowdy you won't need a 146. And and I'm like, all right, let's do it. So uh, we got a Vogue tune. I was running Avgas. Dude. I think he the- hit the nail on the mark. <laughs> like, it was yeah. rowdy. Yeah, like, dude. That, that sled thing, was insane. That So I got that sled and took it out. And that sled, dude, was so weird because I had the boondocker exhaust at all times until I got used to it, if like it, I don't know why the it sound. sounded like yeah. it was about to blow up. Like it sounded just like a freaking jet engine. I'm like, yep. am I going to blow this thing up? But uh, it, my brother's other players that had a, some problems to say the least, that thing didn't have one problem. And I ran the beep out of that thing. Yeah. And the big thing that I didn't like about the boost before that tune was the low end. Yep, and like, that's where the ski you know, the E-Tech, yeah. I guess, Link ski whatever, the E-Tech motor with the turbo shines. is like that low-end torque, it doesn't feel like it has a turbo on it. It's like an NA sled, and it really pulls hard, and then all of a sudden it rips your arms off, yeah. you know, where you want it. And yeah. that that Vogue tune really upped that low-end on that. Dude, motor, it was crazy. So it went from like, I think stock was 180, and he said – or his guy said that I God, I think it was around like 220 or something like that on that tune. And zero problems. Uh we had a couple other things on it, but and we're back. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> um 
so anyway, the uh, yeah, oh, the Vogue <laughs> tune. So the Vogue tune, it was a hundred percent perfect, and it still had top in. But yeah. well, so anyway, so I'm like, dang, like I really like this, like the E Tech with the turbo. It is just so strong. It's crisp, runs yeah. great. So then once the players came in, I'm so much more comfortable on the players. Um, I started writing that and I wrote it and wrote it and wrote it and wrote it. And so then I'm like, I'm going to go back to the, well, then I got in that bad wreck and that links was broken for a while. It, it had all kinds of stuff that I had to fix and parts delays anyway. So then I went back to the players, wrote it for like a month straight and I came back to that links just to see what I thought. And I'm like, dude, this thing doesn't have near the power. Like yeah. the low end's not near what the Vogue tune was. The high end's not near what the Vogue tune is. No, it was like that yeah. next step above, you know. Yeah. Just it really made that sled just that much better. And it was one of those deals where there again, like we rode a lot. I think we rode I think we were pushing 60, 70 days because we were at 30 days like around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No, and we, we were going a lot. We started really riding small. in October. So we, we went a lot. And, uh, so I was in sh somewhat in shape, not very in shape, but my muscles like were in shape to riding snowmobiles and pulling wheelies. Yeah. And dude, I rode that Vogue sled and I, they're like the saying, like, I didn't even know I had those muscles. Oh, dude, yeah. that's how it was. I mean, just yanked my arms out of the socks, like back here was sore. Everywhere was sore. Yeah. No, when I rode it, that's exactly, I mean, 15 minutes on it and you're just like tongue hanging out. Yeah. Like, it just wears you out and pulls on your forearms in places yeah. that have never been pulled your back. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just constant, like arm stretching on it. it yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They awesome. did a great job with that. And then with the boondocker exhaust, I mean, I was having like weird capping off stuff with the with the matrix before that the fifty five boost before that, and uh, that completely got rid of it. So that sled was perfect. Yeah, no, I think that was definitely the move this year for the for the players boost. I think yeah. you had the sled for choice, especially after hearing some of the problems everybody was having. It just yours didn't have any of that, and, yeah. and I think that's the only thing you can chalk it up to because there's no rhyme or reason why it should be any different than any of the other people's, you know, yeah. same order of shipment, everything, you know? Yeah. Just, and, and they were blaming, like we talked to the vote guys, we talked to like multiple people and, and they were saying it was mapping related. It was, yeah. it was ECU stuff. The tune was too lean, um, causing debts, uh, and Voke completely fixed that. So big applause to those guys. I, I couldn't believe it. And, the thing was, is like going back to when we were riding Axis. Well, you were not. I never Axis. rode the Axis. I actually, I rode the Axis a couple times, and it just never fit me for some reason. I don't know why that chassis never did me good, but I struggled on that big time. Dude, it, it might really have been just it. the Alpha thing too. I might have just been yeah. so comfortable in the Alpha that I didn't, you know, it just never fit me well. Yeah, but you really like the Axis. Right? I, I really. I mean, I was like, do I really even need to go to the Matrix? Like the Axis is so good. But but going like the thing that was funny was uh, we talk for the price to go up, you know, twenty horsepower on the axis. Yep, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, and then yeah, you can kick a tune on these guys, and it's like you go to Voke, you get clutched and uh, tuned, and then you run. App. I mean, they have all kinds of different tunes, but it's so cheap yeah, for how much power you're getting. The like for an affordable like high boost sled. I yeah. mean, that's absolutely the choice, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're 
if you wanted to go like extreme, like, oh, I'm going to order an NA sled and then throw an aftermarket turbo on it. Like first, I think you're a fool for doing that. But also this was impressive. Like that sled yeah. ran so good. There's no way. I mean, it was, it was flawless in the power delivery. And I think you just, you have to go that route for the, for the price, you know, yeah. you can't, when I was, you know, I built a supercharger sled and you're $25,000 into it and yeah, it ran good. And it, on some days it ran really good, but you fight it and this and that, you know, but mm -hmm. it seems like every time you pulled the rope on yours, you just went and had a good time. Yeah. It was crazy. Like some of the, the links, the suspension on the links was crazy. Like not gonna lie. I could just do simple stuff like jump up and land on the trail and not feel any bottom where the players, I was locked out. I did all kinds of adjustments and I could not keep that thing from just going all the way to the ground and just snapping yep. my back. But I think uh, that's what was impressive about the links too, is like, yeah, you could with your suspension set the way you had it, like you could just like hop on the trailer. Like that day I hopped it and like just a little jump, like it was so plush. It was amazing. Like this, I'll give it that. The suspension was great. The power delivery was great. And one other thing I really like about the E-Tech is uh, when you pop a throttle, it does blow the snow off the intake. Yeah, it's yeah. like that is a clutch move on theirs. Yeah. But what I think the biggest thing for me was like you could hop on that sled, go pop a re-entry, hop on the trail, do a jump, whatever, and the suspension was dialed. You, like me, coming from the racing background and like feeling the suspension all the time, the players just feels like you – you do a re-entry, you got to have your suspension kind of set a little bit or else it doesn't really want to pop out and like give you that really wraparound feel or, and then you go hit a jump and it just bottoms out, you know, like yeah. it's so soft, but even when you put it sift or stiff and it has a hard time coming around, then you go jump and it still just bottoms out. So it's yeah. like you run it soft almost and just deal with the bottom and out at certain times where the links really had that dial. The, yeah. The links, the links goes. All right. All right, we're back. We had a little, uh, little, little break. We are live. Okay, so back on suspension. Go ahead. <laughs> so the suspension, you know, on the the players and the links there, we were just discussing. I also rode one of the new skidoos this year and the Gen Five platform, and you know the suspension on that, even just compared to the links, was not as plush as the links. The links just had that that much more plushness to it. It felt like, and I would say the the skidoo is very comparable to the Polaris. It just you know, suspension, that, that suspension wise, it just yeah. feels like a, a, a cheap, you know, suspension on it. But the Walker Evans in players, I thought used to be pretty good. Yeah. And I, it I think, was decent. I think it has the potential, you know, and I, it's something I don't really want to dive in maybe for next year is maybe revalving it myself, you know, dude, I, I think mean, I'm done. I think I'm completely done. <laughs> I've messed with it long enough. Yeah. I'm going full Fox air. I, I'm curious about Olin's suspension. But I think I'm going to yeah. go full Fox Air. I think I'm going to go with a set of Fox Air for next season as well. But I want to, like, since I'm going to have these Walker Evans just sitting there on the shelf staring at me, I feel like I'll have to, like, tinker with them, you know, and maybe yeah. just try some different valving. Pride will not work out. But, you know, I, I don't think you can beat that Fox Air shock. I really don't. So. Yeah, I, I had Fox Air shocks on, my, on the front of my axis and not on the rear, which was, I should have done the rear first, obviously. But um, they were cool. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't think they were, like, Oh my God. But I think in the rear, I've heard that they're good and I've heard they're better than the Fox coils. Definitely. I, I think just the adjustability and the, you know, being able to make them as stiff as you want if you're going jumping or have them soft on a powder day or whatever that, you know, you can just have that adjustment. Right. But yeah, I don't think, like, honestly, for probably 90% of the population, 
they probably don't need aftermarket shocks. And no. the only time that I really feel the shocks where I'm like, wow, I really wish I had some better shocks right now is when I'm jumping. Like the other times, like, yeah, I feel it bottom out, but it's not like where I'm like, oh, wow, I really wish I wasn't bottoming out right now. It's just like, oh, whatever, you know. But Dude, the thing with me, though, with being heavier than you. Yeah. So I'm heavier than you, and then I have camera gear on the back that's heavy. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I feel it. Like, no, I, Dude, I think, even climbing, like when I go from flat to steep and I'm pinned, I can feel that skit, and I have everything adjusted, and I'll still bottom that thing out, just smack, yeah. and I'm like, holy cow. That's, no, I can see that, especially with, like, I mean, the tunnel bag I run is a monster. You know, I have everything under the sun in there, which I shouldn't, but it's so heavy. Like I, I feel that too. Like it just yeah, seems I'm like, like you bring the, you bring the stuff we need and I'll bring the camera. Yeah, exactly. Here. I got the tools and the <laughs> nonsense, like upper a arm for why, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I've got a clutch spring, a primary clutch spring in there, but when you need it, you need it, you know? Yeah. So. The difference is he knows how to change that stuff out. I don't even know where the oil goes mm-hmm. half the time. So I just, he can do that and I'll, I'll run the cameras. He's a camera guy. I'll yeah. Maintenance. Yeah. So I want to circle back to one thing, you know, just of this winter, something that I really wanted to do was ride more places because working, you know, guiding so much, you ride the same place every single day. And like with clients, you're like, you ride a zone and then the next day you ride another zone and then it snows and you go back to that first zone and like, you just ride the same stuff over and over and over and it gets just monotonous and boring. And I think a lot of people do that even if they're not guides. I think they so. They go to the places they know, the shortest drive from their house. Yep. I think that's, you know, you just get comfortable. And then you like, you find something, you're like, oh, I can go there and do this. Especially like shooting. You can be like, I know there's a hill here. I know I can go get some content on it and then maybe explore a little bit. But then you end up never exploring because you're like, oh, snow's good here. We're just, why leave this good snow? Yeah. So this winter, I really pushed myself. You know, my family has a cabin uh, north of Craig. So going there more, riding around there more itself. But then also, I didn't want to just like move from one place. Like I ride here a lot and then I'm going to ride here a lot. Like I wanted to actually broaden out. So I went up in the north route some more. Um, went and rode Black Mountain. I never really rode Black Mountain a ton. Um, so, you know, hitting Black Mountain, hitting Freeman, hitting Wilderness, going up to North Route, hitting, you know, Seed House, and um, going up to Combine. Going so those places, Lake. for those of you that don't know, are north of Craig, Colorado, and then north of Steamboat. Yes. Steamboat so, Springs, Colorado, which a lot of people know where that is. So that's kind of our home base. Yeah. That's So from Craig we here, we have 14 trailheads within an hour of, like, both of our doorsteps. So. Yep. It's a and shame. And not, not sleeper trailheads. Like, yeah. Like it's epic. probably like some of the best in the country. I mean, yeah. people drive a long ways to come ride these places. And, I mean, lucky for us, we have them right in our back door. Yeah. I mean, some of the best stuff 15 minutes from our house, you know. And that's why we got comfortable riding those spots. I feel like it's like it's easy. You know, you wake up at 10 and you can be on the mountain in good snow. Yeah, and like, you can wake up at 12 and yeah. be there at 1. <laughs> Either way, yeah. you know, it's all good. Yeah. But that was something I wanted to push myself was just like go learn new areas, ride different areas. Um, that was really hard though because it pushes you like you're just focused on riding. You're not focused on like I never I forget to pull my phone out then because I'm just like, oh, I'm just riding. You know, you don't even think to pull stuff out and get content. There. But that's the thing is uh, I think when you're beginning and you're trying to learn the sport, I think there's a lot of peace of mind that goes into going to the same place every time. Yes. Like you know how steep this hill is. You know – like, I can't go in that hole or I'm going to get stuck. Or, like, I can hit that. or And you know the trail's groomed to this point. And you know which way it goes. And you know you're not going to get lost. But I think that's that's the freedom of getting to that point in the sport where 
you are good enough to be like, I could go through nasty drainages. I could go in as deep a snow as I need to be in. I know how to route myself through the mountains. If something bad were to happen, I know how to survive. I have the right stuff to survive. Those kinds of things. And just with experience and time, I think it's a huge, like, it adds a whole side of adventuring to the sport that when you're learning, at least I didn't get. It was like, I want to go on the same trail, hit the same hill, get that little adrenaline here, and then go here. But now that's what's so fun is like, going up to a cabin that you've never been to and staying there and meeting other people that drove 17 hours to ride two days and see a different zone. And that's just part of like where I've really started to like, and just being with the homies doing that, I think that's like added, it's completely refreshed the sport for me. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's a good point there. Just refreshing the sport. I kind of got to a point where it just was like so monotonous and, you know, boring. It seemed like, I don't know if boring is the right word, but riding with different people you know I, I don't know how many different people i rode with this winter but it was just like refreshing riding with somebody different that oh yeah let's go this way or they see their train differently differently and like oh yeah let's drop down this drainage or some of them have more experience than i do we're like yeah we dropped some into some stuff there i was like normally i probably wouldn't be comfortable doing just by myself with somebody that doesn't know the area or something like that but then we end up like popping down some down sweet stuff and then oh there's a trail at the bottom and then you know you're good so just learning those new areas from people that was really fun and i mean i found myself this year in one situation where i dropped into something that i'd never done before and was like man, I don't know if we're going to get out of this. And it it took three hours to climb back out of it. Where was that at? And I was actually on black because really? I just hadn't rode black a ton. And maybe like just a couple miles up the trail, I just started like just took off and just started heading like for the mountain essentially. And the next thing I knew, I dropped off this like, I guess it would be a north-facing, like northeast-facing slope. And all of a sudden it was like, I don't know if I can get back out of this, you know? And I didn't know if I could go down it either. And so I pulled out my Onyx and I saw the name and I had remembered my dad had said something about that name of that area. Cause he grew up riding so much of that. And I was, I couldn't remember if it was like, yeah, that's a good drainage you can go down or that was like, don't go down that drainage. So I worked my ass off to get up it. Right. And that was uh, that was a test, you know, of my riding right there that I pushed it over the edge. It was uncomfortable, but then, you know, came out good and, Turns out you can go down through the bottom of it and it's a big <laughs> deal. But I did not do that. I went back out the top and made it work. But that's something, you know, I'm trying to do more in all these new areas is like I'm not scared to drop it and then like, yeah, we'll figure it out, you know, which might have to wait for snow to set up or something, but I'll get out of there eventually, but just really yeah. dropping some stuff. Yep. And that's uh the whole uh just the whole adventure piece of the sport is what I, at least I got back to this year. Like, yeah, you might not send a 50 footer. You might not be doing crazy stuff, but like just seeing something different, just kicking it with the fellas and like just BSing at the cabin and BSing on the drives. That's the stuff. And then on top of it, like the big reason why I really like doing that was because we were filming all of it. So all those videos, all those trips, like their YouTube videos. Now, some of them haven't dropped. Uh, some of them will drop in the fall, but a lot of those have dropped on YouTube. So if you guys want to go see those, uh, go to cook bros on Instagram. And then there's links in the bio to YouTube, or you can just search Brent cook snowmobile on YouTube. 
Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, this winter with just the camaraderie of riding with people, you know, I mean, we caught ourselves just me and you, and we rode together, we'd like sit on the hill and talk for like two hours at a time and not yeah. even realize like this one time we were talking and it was like, Oh shit, it's about to get dark. We better get out of here. You don't have a headlight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, that's, that's the great thing about running the skins hood is you have no headlight, which <laughs> makes it even more adventurous. Yeah. It was a great adventure. Yeah. But that was definitely the fun part of it all was the camaraderie and, you know, getting to shoot some content with you that'll hit, you know, the, the YouTube this fall getting, you know, started with you a little later there. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Stoffel S T O F F L E 800. And, uh, there's not a ton on there right now, I'll be honest, but you know, that's, that's my goal for this upcoming year is really to start pushing myself with content and, you know, being more on all of this stuff. That's the goal here. So. Yeah. That's the thing is, uh, for the first time this year, normally it's like me and the fellows go out and a lot of the time it's them filming me. Um, which I obviously like, I like writing and I like them filming me. And, uh, but this year I took a lot of time, more time than ever, probably combined in my life to film other people. And, uh, whether that was like the guys I always go riding with or some people at Thunderstruck that I didn't know. And I'm like itching cause I want to ride and film, but there's a lot of things you can learn from just filming someone else. Like, and that's where I found joy in it too, is I, I like creating the content as much as I do riding snowmobiles. Yeah. Like when I don't bring the camera gear, which was like one time this year, I was like, dang, like I need to create content when I'm snowmobiling. It, the riding is like 50% of it and the content's the other 50%. So filming you, filming Tommy, filming Brad, filming Marcus, filming all the Thunderstruck guys, like, uh, I enjoyed it, and I think I'll continue to do that because, I, like, you can learn a lot. Even dudes yeah. that aren't as good as you, you can watch them and be like, damn, like, that's why this happened. Or, like, guys that are way better than you, like, dang, look where, like, where his foot was, yeah. what his throttle was doing. Definitely. So and that's the part, yeah. like, I want to get into, you know, because, like, I see that with you, and I can see the benefit of that. Like, not only, like, are you filming it and watching it, but you're doing the editing. You're, re like, re-watching it multiple times and seeing what they're doing and different stuff like that. And I mean, also yourself, you're editing your own stuff. You're seeing what yeah. you're doing. So I think that's going to help improve me a, a, a lot is being able to do that. But it's like really, watching game film, yeah. like football players, basketball players that Absolutely. watch game film, that's you exactly watch yourself it. and you can see like, yep. I'm a good writer. And then you watch your game film. You're like, Oh, I suck. I'm really not that good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like a hero up there and then yeah. Yeah, it just goes down. No, but I mean, it's like we, we got to the point where we'd get back unload and then go to go downstairs put it on a monitor and we literally would sit there and we would all watch it because it's like dude what was that like what we'd watch obviously like dude that that was so sick let's watch that and then it would turn into like dude let's let's actually like once we calm down like what why did that not work yeah yep. why did the snowmobile cock me in the chest knock the yep. wind out of me and snap my phone in my pocket exactly like what did i do here wrong yep and and, you and can learn from that. Yeah. And I mean, even watching other people's, I've said this on Instagram, like watching other people's GoPro footage, like watch what their skis are doing, their throttle, all that helps. So, uh, yeah, the, the documenting of it is a lot of work. Um, but that like, it's, it's well worth it to, or at least to me, I, that's what I like to see. I think the fulfillment that you get from it too, you know, like, yeah, the writing is fun and it's amazing, but 
you know, we're so fortunate where we are that we get to do it so much, but I think you have to have that other element for it to push you to go out and do it. Yeah. And when it is something you enjoy as much as we do, like that just gives you that much more life in it too. You know, like we eat, sleep and breathe like snowmobiling. So not only can we go ride, but then we can come back and like watch it on our computer yeah. and see how bad we really are. Well, and know? dude, what's really cool. I was doing this. We were watching old stuff. Like I'm, I'm not that good. You know, I haven't got that much better. You watch your old stuff, and you're like, dude, I used to think that was so sick. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, dude, that is so stupid. Like, I was so bad back then. Yep. And, but it, it's, that's part of, like, the the enjoyment of it is, like, just watching, getting to watch the old YouTube videos, and and it's going to be the same thing in, like, five years. It, yeah. Like, we're going to be like, God, dude, like, I sucked back then, and I, and I thought I was actually kind of decent. Yeah, well, you can <laughs> see that progression, you know, and that's yeah. the other super cool thing about, like, getting all this content is you can see the progression for yourself or your buddies or whatever. And you can really see that come along. You know, we didn't ride a ton this winter, but like, that's something that I noticed with some other guys was like, I rode with them at the beginning of the year when like early, early season, then I rode with them later. And it was just like, wow, they really came along this year. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's pretty cool to see. And it's cool to see that for yourself. And I dug up some old pictures the other day where I thought I was doing a re-entry and I don't know what I was doing, you know, like three <laughs> years ago, but yeah. I, it was something, but it's was, it was just like, man, where I'm at now, completely different. No, dude. And like my brother has been riding with me since we were younger. And so we've kind of progressed together. Yeah. And uh, so like, we're not like, Oh my God, because we've kind of been through the same thing together. But it's like, I was telling you that one ride, like Tommy, one of our buddies, he, this was his first actual year. Yeah. And like, we we're in Impressive. a pretty technical zone. And I'm like, I looked at you and I'm like, dude, this is his first year. You're like, no. I'm like, yeah. yeah, bro, this is his first year riding. Like, and that's another part of like the satisfaction that we get is we get to take people up yep. that don't understand it. And I don't mean don't understand as in like technique. Well, that too, I guess, but they don't understand why we love this sport. Yeah, absolutely. And and you get to show them that. You get to teach them yeah. you know, what you love. You know, you yeah. get to show them why you love it and how yeah. you love it, you know? And yeah. I, I I remember the day you're talking about, and yeah, it was, it was awesome because you're like, yeah, this is his first time. I was like, there's no way because, I mean, we went through some tight trees, a new, like, I shouldn't say new, but they had uh, um, trimmed the trees and, uh, logged it, I don't yeah. know, probably 20 years ago. So the new growth was coming up and it was like some thick riding. And then we got up on this hillside and pretty deep snow like, and it was deep as yeah. a super deep day. And it was just like the stuff we got on, it was impressive. And it's like, uh, yeah, dude, it's I'm just, like, can he get stuck for once? I mean, or can someone <laughs> yeah. get stuck? So I look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, can we take a break? Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'll break. get to the top of this hill. And then like, he'll, he'll probably be stuck. And then he's like, Hey bro. I'm like, dude, come on, yeah. man. Get stuck. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. But I think that's like so cool, you know, especially like that's one thing I love about the guiding is like you take somebody with you on that and you know, you you see them progress throughout, you know, the day you're with them or the week you're with them or the year you ride with them. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. You know, I had a guy uh, that guided up there at Thunderstruck with me and I he rode one day with me for fun. And I just was like, you need to move your foot back when you do a powder turn. And then it was, he was like reaching for his handlebars and he couldn't reach it. I was like, turn your handlebars and then you'll reach it and then you'll be set up. And those two little things just clicked with him. And to see that light bulb go off in his head and just the progression of him immediately, like that was so much satisfaction for me. Just like, I just helped that guy with, you know, something yeah. that I don't even think about doing anymore. It was just like, 
I just made his life so much easier. And he's like so stoked about it. And it's just like a simple thing that you never even think of. But, yeah. you know, seeing that happen is just super rewarding for yourself. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, the whole thing is, I mean, there's so many aspects of the sport that for me just never, every year I find something that I like even more. Like this year was the content. It, like the content was just, maybe it wasn't great, but it was fun. Like I enjoyed doing it. It wasn't like, it's it's a lot of work, but I like doing it. Yeah. Well, the and, content was fun content. You yeah. Know? The, like I watched all your videos this winter and it was just like, super fun to see like you know even though i know you and like rode with you on some of those days it was like just fun to see the content that you're making and producing like it was just like good genuine fun stuff but and that's and thank you but that that's just another thing like you know your writing progresses so does your content i mean it's like this podcast right now this is our first podcast and we're gonna look back on this and be like bro we were so stupid but right now we're like Hey, I mean, yeah, like this is this is what we cool. got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like we're having a great time with this. Yeah, I, I like can hear each great. other talk. This is sweet. Yeah, this is the same conversation we have every time we're on the mountain. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no. So it's cool, it's but cool. it's just about progression. If you like progression, if you like being outside, you should definitely look into snowmobiling. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably understand it. But if you don't, get with it. Yeah, and I just kind of jump in there. You know, with this being our first podcast we're not just going to talk about snowmobiling. We're going to dive into kind of more like a lifestyle, you know, what we do. We're going to try to produce as much content as possible. We both work jobs and unfortunately we're going to, you know, that's how we pay for our bad habits, but we're going to do as much as we can for you guys. And hopefully, you know, you guys will get behind us and we're going to talk about, you know, hunting, fishing, you know, work, snowmobiling, of course, is going to be something we hit on a lot because that's, you know, where we have our connection, but there's going to be a lot of other things we dive into and, uh, you know, form our opinion or just kind of say what we want to say about it. And hopefully you guys will join in with us. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, it's kind of like a small town podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Small town town production because we're just going to have random people on and talk about random stuff that, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of the Hollywood podcasts, the big podcasts, uh, I don't think they relate with people as much as, or they don't to me. Um, I, they're entertaining, but they don't necessarily relate to me because they're so far away from my lifestyle. I don't live in the Hollywood Hills and drive Lambos and stuff like that. But sitting in a garage and uh, and BSing about something that everyone could do, I, I think a lot of people relate to. So we're going to keep it at that vibe for now. And uh, I think we wrap it up here. And this is yeah. uh, this is the first pod of the, of the life yes. of, of ever. Episode first time. one. So, uh, yeah, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Cook Bros. Um, we'll be posting snippets there, snippets on YouTube. The full, the full uh, video podcast will come out on YouTube. So tune in there and then plug yourself. I will uh, be on Instagram at uh, Stoffel800. That is S-T-O-F-F-L-E 800. And uh, thank you guys for listening to episode one, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Let's Assess. Let's Assess. Next one coming out soon, babies, yeah.